Please turn again to that chapter in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Just give some time for us to settle into the house of the Lord. Proverbs 4. And really we want to focus today on the verse number 23. For Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 23. Here the word of God teaches us, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Let's come before our God in prayer. Let's ask for his help as we study his word this morning. We pray that the Lord will come down give us his Holy Spirit today. Our gracious God and our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank thee for the word of truth. We thank Thee, Lord, for the inspired pages of Holy Scripture. Lord, as we have been praying, as we have been singing even, Lord, in that previous hymn, Lord, we want a copy of the Lord's heart. We want a heart that feels a love for all. We want a heart that has a desire to serve our God. We want a heart that is made clean, a heart that is made pure, a heart that is righteous, a heart, Lord, that longs to do all that it can for our Saviour. Lord, therefore we ask, as we come to study thy word today, teach us, Lord, how to have these hearts. Give us more of a heart like Christ, Lord. Renew us, we ask, in our inner man. Renew us each and every day, that we might know more of the heart of Christ and be conformed unto the image of that heart. Lord, we pray, give us thy Holy Spirit now and speak through thy word. We ask these things in the name of Christ, our Savior and our Redeemer. Amen. Follow your heart and you'll never go wrong. Follow your heart and happiness will follow. Follow your heart, it knows the way. These are just some inspirational quotes that you'll find online, that you'll find as you search the internet to teach people how to follow after the desires and the affections of their heart. Many people today in society at large, they want to follow after the very first impulse that their heart tells them. If their heart is telling them to go for it, if their heart is telling them that it is right, that it's going to be good for them, then it must be a good thing to do. It must be the best thing to do. Follow after your heart. That is what the world will try and tell you today. In the book of Proverbs, it deals extensively with the heart and the heart of man. It mentions the heart some 81 times. And therefore, its author, King Solomon, clearly knew that the matter of the heart was of vital importance. Solomon stands out as one of the wisest men to have ever lived on this earth. Nehemiah 13 verse 2, it tells us there among many nations was there no king like him who was beloved of his God. And yet with all of the wisdom that Solomon possessed, all of that knowledge that had been given to him by God, one thing that Solomon struggled with most was keeping 
his heart before God. That verse in Nehemiah 13 tells us that even though he was beloved of his God, he still sinned against God. He still struggled with the flesh. He still battled with his inner man day and daily. And at times, Solomon gave himself to the pleasures of sin and the pleasures of the flesh. We know that Solomon had 700 wives, 300 mistresses. 1 Kings 11 verses 3 and 4 tells us of that. And sadly, it tells us that all of these wives, all of these mistresses, they turned his heart away from God. He turned his heart away from love for God. He turned his heart away from obedience to God. And therefore, to those that believe, if you follow your heart, and you'll never go wrong, follow your heart and it will lead you to true happiness, the Bible would tell you, consider King Solomon. He followed his heart, and it led him into sin and the displeasure of God. And therefore, I want us to look at verse number 23 today. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And I want us to consider the subject of keeping the heart. Keeping the heart. First of all, see in this verse that there is the command to keep the heart. Three simple words. Keep thy heart. It seems like a very basic command, does it not? It seems like a very simple thing that the Scriptures command us to do. Keep thy heart. But when we consider the Hebrew words that are used here in this verse, we begin to see that there is so much rich meaning and application for our lives today. That very word heart there in verse 23, it is not just speaking there about the physical organ that we have in our bodies, that organ that pumps blood around the body, but it's speaking about the will. It's speaking about the passions, the emotions, the desires of our heart. The Bible tells us very clearly the state of man's heart. In Jeremiah 17 verse 9, I'm sure that you all know the verse well, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And that is why in Proverbs 23, 26, we are advised by Solomon again to give our hearts to God. To give our hearts to God. Because He alone can keep them from sin. He says, my son, give me thine heart. Give me thine heart. Yes, it is our heart in a sense that it has been given to us by God, but if we are a child of God, our heart belongs to Him. And therefore, the Lord asks you this morning, give me thy heart, my son, my daughter, my child. Charles Bridges, he said that conscious faith commits the keeping of the heart to our faithful Creator. Listen to that again. Conscious faith commits the keeping of our heart to a faithful Creator. And that word there, keep, that we read in Proverbs 4 verse 23, when it says, keep thy heart with all diligence, the word keep there can also be translated as guard thy heart. Guard thy heart. It gives us a very interesting picture, the one of a watchman or a prison guard. This verse alludes to the fact that the heart must be guarded, must be watched over day and night. We must be vigilant. We must be sober in guarding our heart. Like a guard would watch a prisoner. 
You even think to the New Testament. There, the Philippian jailer. All of a sudden, the earthquake hit. He was aroused from his sleep. He wasn't being watchful. He looked into the cells. What had happened? The prisoners were gone. Paul, Silas, they had left. He was not being vigilant. He was not a good guard in that sense. But praise God, he was spared. He had, the Lord had mercy upon him. And that man was saved. We don't want to be guards like that, that are negligent, that don't keep a watchful eye, a watchful guard upon our hearts. We need to prevent our hearts from doing those wicked things that the flesh would desire to do. And on the other hand, this word guard, it also can mean to watch as well. And it gives us the idea of the outward influences, the outward effects that are influencing and affecting the heart, attacking it day and daily. And back in Bible times, we know that there was watchmen to guard a city. They were posted around the city wall. They had a vital role to play in the defense of their city. If that watchman was not careful to guard the city, the enemies could get inside, could come in and destroy that city, ransack it. Therefore, the watchman had a vital and a very important role to play in the defense of that city. The watchman would scan the horizon, see for any impending threats that were coming, and he was authorized to use deadly force, if necessary, to protect that city. This is what we are exhorted to do in this verse. Therefore, I ask you the question this morning, are, are you being a watchful watchman? Are you being dutiful to keeping your heart, to guarding your heart? We must be careful as to what we allow to enter into our hearts. John Bunyan, in his book, The Holy War, he describes the heart of man and the city as the city of man's soul. And it has five gates by which you can enter into that city, those five senses. And what do we see Solomon here alluding to in Proverbs 4, down through the end of the chapter? Verse number 24, there we see he says, Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Tells us of our mouth, how we're to guard our mouth, to watch our mouth, what we say. He then goes on to say in verse number 25, Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. We're to guard our eyes. Guard what we watch. Guard what we see. Guard those things that we are looking at. I wonder perhaps if your eyes got done off the Lord today. You're not guarding them as you used to. Your eyes are wandering. Your eyes are drifting. They're drifting perhaps to sin. You're like Peter. Taking your eyes off the Lord. You've began to sink. And now you're questioning, why am I sinking? Get your eyes fixed upon the Lord again. Keep your heart. Then we go on to see that verse number 26, he tells us about our feet. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Where are your feet taking you this morning, dear child of God? Where the Lord would have you to be? In his will or outside of his will? We must be so careful. We must be so vigilant as watchmen of our hearts. Because we must guard that which is within our heart, the flesh that would seek to sin. 
We must also guard our heart from those external forces coming upon it to corrupt it. This is why we are commanded in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 9, take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently. Are you doing that today? Are you keeping your soul diligently? Are you taking heed of yourself? Are you guarding your heart from those corrupting influences? This leads us to consider our next point, not only the command to keep the heart, but also the reason for the command to keep the heart. The reason for the command to keep the heart. What reason could there be that we have to protect our heart, to watch over our heart, to ensure that there is no external and internal forces that are corrupting it, polluting it? Well, it is because the Christian is under daily attack. As we have already said, the meaning of these words, it gives the sense of a watchman set there on the city wall to protect the city from its enemies. And the Christian is bombarded day and daily with attacks from the enemy. If you're saved in here today, you will know of the battle and the conflict that you have every day. Those three great enemies that we face, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And John Flavel, he said that the greatest difficulty in conversion is to win the heart to God. And the greatest difficulty after conversion is to keep the heart with God. And when the Christian is given a new heart by the Spirit of God, that is when the battle commences for the heart of man. The battleground and the conflict have now begun. We are now engaged in a holy war. There are many battles that the Christian will face in this life with many different foes, but none are more important than the battle of the heart. The battle for the heart. This is because, as we read in verse number 23 here in Proverbs 4, out of it are the issues of life. Out of the heart are the issues of life. Solomon wrote later in Proverbs 23, verse number 7, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. The heart is the reservoir from which all of our affections, all of our actions proceed. What is in our heart will come to fruition in our actions. Jesus Christ said in Matthew 12, verse 34, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Listen to the words of your Savior. Never a man spake like this man, and he tells us that out of the abundance of our hearts, the mouth speaketh. And if we do not guard our hearts, then they will be open to attack. And as we have stated, those attacks, they come from three distinct sources. The world that will try and entice the Christian away. It will try and turn the heart of the child of God away from God and to sin. You think of the example of Solomon again. His wives turned his heart away from God. And the world will do its utmost to ensure that the heart of the child of God is no longer fixed on God, but fixed in the world. Fixed on sin and in pleasure. So we must be diligent to guard our heart from worldliness. Because the Christian is to abstain from all appearance of evil, and it is to walk close with their God, not close to the world. So I ask you, as a child of God in here this morning, 
be honest with yourself. You don't have to be honest with me, but be honest with yourself. Are you striving each and every day to walk as close as you can with your heavenly Father? Or are you seeking to walk as close as you can to the world without actually straying into the world and into sin? Where does your heart lie this morning when it becomes attacked by the world? Not only does the world attack our hearts, but the flesh will also try to claim the heart of the child of God. And is this not the enemy? that all too often wears us down, beats us up, and breaks us. The heart is under attack from that sin that remains within us. Until that day that we are called home to be with our Savior, our heart is under constant attack from the very sin that remains within it, from our flesh. While we are quickened by the power of the Holy Ghost, made new creatures in Christ, that does not mean that we will not struggle with the flesh. Child of God, let me ask you, how's your battle with the flesh going today? Has it had the victory over this past week, over this past month, perhaps even over this past year, over the year that has just gone into eternity? Paul knew what it was to battle with the flesh. He knew what it was each and every day to be engaged in that warfare against the sin that remains within us. Romans 7, please turn there for a brief moment. Romans chapter 7, the verse number 17. Romans chapter 7, the verse number 17. There the Word of God says, Paul, remember he is writing here, he says, Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Listen carefully to these next words. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. See the conflict here that is raging in the heart of the Apostle Paul. Arguably the greatest preacher next to Christ that this world has ever seen. The closer you get to Christ, the more you see your own inadequacy. The closer you are to your Savior, the more you will see the sin in your life, the flesh that still corrupts. The more you will be able to say, the good that I would do, I do not. But the evil that I would not do, that I do. Do we not feel that constant attack every day? Our heart is bombarded with attacks from the flesh. The flesh lures us back into those sinful habits that we had. Paul could testify to those times that sin within him battled against his new nature. And we all still have sin in our life. Therefore, we must guard our hearts from the attacks within that come from within. Those attacks from our flesh. Child of God, are you guarding your heart against the attacks of your own flesh? And then we come to consider the devil as well. 
the third great enemy that we face, the great deceiver of the heart, the great accuser of the brethren, he will tell you that sin is okay. He will try to tell you that you can sin and ask for forgiveness and it won't be an issue. Fall into sin. Don't worry. You can repent of that sin. It's okay. He will lie to us as the children of God and try to tell us repentance is easy. Therefore, what odds if there's a little sin in our lives? What do we see this verse is teaching us? Keep thy heart with all diligence. As Peter reminds us in 1 Peter 5 verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Dear child of God, never forget this. The devil is not idle. The devil is active today. He's more active as us. He is more active in trying to steal your heart away from the Lord as you are to keep your heart with the Lord. I can say that in my own life. The devil is more active in my life trying to keep my heart away from God than I am trying to keep it close to Him. It's a failure on my part. It's a sin in my life. The devil is not idle with his time. Therefore, we are not to be idle with ours. He's always on the prowl, seeking to ensnare the Christian into temptation and then into sin. Therefore, we must heed the word of Scripture. Be sober, be diligent, be vigilant. Keep your heart with all diligence as we ensure that our hearts are guarded from the attacks of the evil one. Remember, he fires his fiery darts against us every day. Therefore, keep your heart with all diligence. He will even accuse you, try and use your guilt to show you how unworthy you are. And that's a wonderful thing, because we are unworthy. And when we realize how unworthy we are of salvation, it's only then that we can flee to Christ, flee to that great love that He has given to us, and bask in the glory of the mercy that Christ has bestowed upon us. How do we guard our hearts then? We've talked about all of these attacks, these attacks that come from three distinct sources, the world, the flesh, and the devil, but how then do we defend ourselves? How do we guard our hearts? How do we be watchful over our hearts? Well, as we have said, we're in a battle, and in a battle, what does the soldier put on? He dons armor. The breastplate is the most sturdy and durable piece of armor, and it is the breastplate that is used to protect the heart. And we are commanded in Ephesians 6 to put on the whole armor of God that we may stand against the wiles of the devil. Then in Ephesians 6 verse 14, it tells us to don the breastplate of righteousness. And this breastplate of righteousness is not one that we have crafted ourselves. It is not one that we have taken to the blacksmiths ourselves. It is one that has been given to us by the captain of our salvation. This breastplate of righteousness is given to us for the battle of our heart. And therefore we can have confidence as it is from the Lord that it will not crack, that it will not break when the devil's attacks come to us because it is not our righteousness. It is Christ's. 
And therefore, the battle that we are engaged in, the foes that we must face, these are the reason why we must sit up, be diligent, be vigilant in keeping our hearts before the Lord. And lastly, I want us to consider the importance of the command to keep the heart. We will either take heed to the words of Scripture that we find here. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We will either pay attention to what Scripture has to tell us, be diligent in our Christian walk, guarding our hearts against the foe every day, or we'll be negligent. We will keep on losing that battle with those spiritual enemies that face us every time. You stand in your own strength, dear Christian, to try and defend yourself against the attacks of those three enemies. You all feel. I've tried it myself, and I've failed miserably. It is only by taking heed to Scripture that we can have any ground in the Christian life. And as we have said already, the heart that is mentioned here, it is a reference to our inner man. It is a reference to our inner being. The words of it, out of the issues of life, they could also be translated as, from it flows the spring of life. Gives us a picture of a stream or of a fountain. And this is why we must be so careful to guard our hearts. Because our heart is the very source of that fountain. And if it is corrupted, then everything that flows from it will be corrupted. We've already mentioned Matthew 12, 34. Christ said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And in the next verse there, in Matthew 13, verse 35, Christ goes on to say that a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth good fruit. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth evil fruit. And therefore, this is why it is so vital to guard our heart at all times, because it is the source and the fountainhead of our desires and our affections. If it is not guarded, if it is polluted and poisoned, then everything, all of the waters, all of the actions that proceed from our heart, they will be polluted as well. I'm sure that you have heard the saying, as in the physical, so in the spiritual. And if you even think to your own life, your own body, we all have a physical heart. And if that heart was to be plagued with a disease, then naturally the rest of the body will suffer as a result. If the heart has problems, the rest of the body will have problems eventually. And therefore, we must ensure that we are diligent in keeping our hearts. How do we keep our hearts? Jude 24 tells us there, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Christ is the answer. He is able to keep your heart from falling. Now that does not make us negligent in the Christian life. It is the duty of the Christian to keep our hearts. We are commanded to keep ourselves pure. We are, examined, or we are commanded to examine our hearts to see if they are right before the Lord because we will either have hearts that please the Lord Live for His glory, or we will have hearts that dishonor His name and bring shame to the family of God. If we want hearts that bring honor and glory to our Savior, then heed the words of Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Listen. 
Set up. Pay attention to what I'm saying. We listen to God and His Word. And in it we have every direction as to how we can keep our heart. And we, can, we keep our heart by committing it to the Lord. Praying to Him each and every day that He will set a guard around it. That He will help us to be watchmen. To be guards of our heart. And to keep them fixed on Him, our God. Therefore, Solomon speaks again about the heart in Proverbs 14, verse 30. And he says that a sound heart is the life of the flesh. And if we want those hearts that are sound, that please our Heavenly Father, then we will pay attention to what the Scriptures teach us. We will keep our hearts with all diligence because out of it flow the issues of life. Therefore, Take heed to the Word of God. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Let us be watchmen. Let us be careful guards of our souls, careful guards of our hearts to ensure that we are being diligent in keeping them before our Heavenly Father so that we might live lives that honor the name of our Savior, so that we might live lives that glory in God. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Take heed to the Word of God today. Let's pray. Our loving God and our Father in heaven, Lord, how too often we lose those battles each and every day with those enemies that come against us. How too often we rely on our own strength to keep our hearts. Lord, I pray that each and every child of thine in here today would commit the keeping of their heart to their faithful Creator, the one who is able to keep them from falling, the one who is able to empower us, Lord, by thy Spirit to guard our hearts, to be diligent watchmen of our hearts. Lord, I pray, keep our hearts close to Thee. And give us, Lord, a heart like our Saviour's. Lord, we pray, draw us, each and every one, closer to Thee. And Lord, if there is one in here today, if there is one in the meeting this morning that has never entrusted their heart to Thee, not even for salvation, Lord, I pray, help them to see the great love that Christ had for them that great love that brought him from heaven to earth, that great love that brought him to suffer and die on Calvary, that great love that caused him to shed his blood so that they might go free. Lord, help them to see the suffering Savior and to give their heart to him. Lord, I pray, help us as thy people to be watchful and to be guards of our hearts. Lord, I pray all of these things in the name of our lovely Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We want to finish with the words of the closing hymn, 411. It's another hymn of prayer, another hymn about the heart, another prayer that says, I want, dear Lord, a heart that's true and clean, a heart that is like our Savior's. You pray today that that will be the case in your life. And if you are not staying for the communion feast, uh, feel free to leave at the start of verse 2. But let's all stay for the first verse. 
And let's all make it a prayer of our hearts that we would have hearts that honor our Savior, hearts that are clean, hearts that are pure, hearts that follow after our God.